Then we had a wonderful Led Zeppelin and uh, from Led Zeppelin 2 and a whole lot of love. I suppose uh, we should start really your career with Acoustic Alchemy by talking about how you first met Nick because Nick already had, didn't actually have a band called Acoustic Alchemy, he and um, a friend of his uh, put together a, an album called Acoustic Alchemy and uh, when that friend left and uh, went on to, um, uh, to to play Learn Flamenco in Spain, um, Nick was looking for um, a guitarist to replace him, if you like, and he met you. How did that happen? Well, I I was um, I was let me talk. Let me think. I'd left college, and I was playing in a. I had this band called the Holloway All Stars. Holloway being the, the Cardinals. <laughs> no. Cardinals, yeah, and. Um, I, we, we had lots of gigs. We, we were gigging a lot. And this is in the sort of early 80s. And we were playing all over London. We had gigs um, around the country. Um, and I was also playing uh, in wine bars, in uh, festival hall foyer events. And that that's where it actually started because um, I got a phone call asking if I'd cover this uh, from a guitarist, if I'd cover this foyer event. In other words, what that was, was that before, um, you know, the play or item started, there would be a duo, uh, uh, you know, either two guitars or a guitarist and a bass or piano playing for an hour or so in, in the foyer before they, you know, they went in and then you'd stop. And it was quite well, it was quite a good gig, actually. It was quite well paid. So I got this call, can I do a debt for this guitarist who can't do it? So I went along and... It was turned out to be with this bass player Jeff Klein, who was playing, who was actually playing with Nick and Simon at the time. So, never met Jeff before. Sat down. We were, you know, playing standards, you know, look of love, all that sort of stuff. Um, Girl from Ipanema. And anyway, he, he uh, we got on quite well. And he said, you know, I know, I know, there's this guy who's who's looking for a nylon string guitarist. His name is Nick Webb because his partner is a uh, is you know not doing it anymore uh are you interested so i said yeah i mean i was interested in anything then you know just as long as i could work and um so jeff obviously when he saw nick um you know in the next few weeks or so t told nick about me and then i got a call from from this guy nick webb um would i be interested or no actually the first thing he said was um i've got this gig um and I said, oh yeah and he said it's on Christmas Day. And I said, "No, sorry, I've got family. I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> no, I won't be working on Christmas Day." Um, uh, he said, "Oh, well, you come on. You, it'd be you know be good to do." Um, but anyway, I declined. But uh, we we met up af after Christmas, and um, because he lived in in the West End, so it didn't take me very long. Because I'm in North London, it didn't take me very long, and. He he played me some of the stuff they've been doing. To be honest, I I thought it was a bit smooth for me. It wasn't the sort of music I've been doing. It was a bit, um, but but well honed and well written is is what I thought. And I I quite liked him, Nick. He was uh, how can I say he he was he, he was very very sure of himself, <laughs> um, and uh, you know. And this kind of convinced me that he actually sort of vaguely knew what he was doing, and um, 
so I, I said, yeah, I'd be very interested. You know, I didn't realize how far it was going to go. And at the time, when I said I was interested, I, I again saw it as a kind of just a way of getting some more work. You know, but we got on very well, and we'd meet up regularly. We, we again, we were doing these kind of small little gigs and stuff, and we get together regularly and started writing together. You know, because he he had a vision, Nick. I mean. Um, he, he he thought that well he he knew that writing was where it was at, and to be honest, I <clears throat> I didn't really. I mean, although I'd been doing a lot of writing, I wasn't aware of this thing called PRS and royalties and the fact that you you get money for stuff being played on the radio and sounding like a good a good number to me. So, so uh, I know that after you'd played together for a while, that there was an opportunity came about. I think after doing some TV work to go into a studio in, in Manchester, I think it was, or Liverpool, Manchester, actually, and um, record some demos. And somehow you involved other people, particularly people who were living in Germany, which is quite a strange thing. Yeah, no, actually it wasn't in Manchester. That was right. um, a, a previous uh, recording he'd done. Okay. This, this was actually in London, All right. in a place called Hot Nights. Mm. Um, and that's where uh, we we made some demos. Right. And... It was with uh, someone who Nick went to college with called John Parsons. And he, Nick said he was really good, great guitarist, and John is a great guitarist. He's one of those guitarists who can <clears throat> play anything and he's super fast and he thinks very quickly. Um, and uh, Nick said, well, get him along to, to Hot Nights and he can help you know produce this um, th th these demos. And what did you do with the demos? We... We had about well, the, he, he, Nick had a, a few from a, a, a previous session. He had something called Casino, um, Sarah Victoria, and I think it's Battle for K. And then we put on uh, Ricochet, Mister Mister Chow, Colonel. Mister Chow was, I think, the first thing you ever wrote together. That was the first thing you wrote together. Yeah. And how did that come about? The Mr. Chow, I mean, did you have the, the tune or did you? No, I I, um, I had this, I, I had the jazz chords because I've been I was sort of going through jazz and I also like reggae. So I just one day just thought it'd be great to try a reggae beat to the, to these jazz chords and I thought it was really, really good. When I took it to Nick, you know, he, he put the, uh, the, tune melody, on, on the melody on, yeah. 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 And that, that, became eventually i guess the kind of signature tune of acoustic alchemy particularly in the early days in america and yeah people it was the, all over the radio the, yeah. it just kind of i suppose because it was a bit quirky well chinese yeah. reggae number. yeah and, and they, <laughs> they, they liked it It was a great a great tune and uh i mean uh, an people, interesting concept people kind of know this story but i guess it, it's better to to explain it in your own words um the way you got the deal was to fly on the the brand new virgin airlines um as the talent, if you like. Yeah. So yeah. how did that all work Gosh, out? Well, those were the days, eh, when you could get up, walk around on an aeroplane playing guitar. I don't think you'd be allowed to do that now. Um, and that that's literally what happened. We we uh, we were we were playing. There were three of us. There were two, uh, Nick, myself, and uh, this, the girl bass bass player from from my other band called Holloway All Stars. Her name's Julia playing a Mexican bass. I mean, she was actually a, a double bass player, but obviously you can't go lugging the double bass up and down the aisles. And yeah, we, we played on, on, on that, on that, uh, those flights before 
you know, to the passengers before the film started in the days when they only had one one screen, you know, and uh, they they loved it. It was a kind of little quirky thing, uh, an extra little. But but it did eventually allow you to to get a deal in America. Yeah, yeah, because we uh, we we'd, we took our, our those demos I was telling you about the ones we made in London and the ones that Nick already had. We took them uh, to America because on playing on on the plane, it, the the deal was that we got this uh, you know free flight over to America. So rather than just do that for the hell of it and come back, we thought we'd shop around our our. Um, you know, our demos. And you were actually picked up by a, quite a famous guy, a guy called Tony Brown, who lived in, uh, who worked in Nashville for MCA and was famous for being the keyboard player for Elvis Presley and yeah. various other things. And he, he happened to have a new eclectic label called the Master Series, and you were one of the five or six people on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how strange that it should come out of Nashville. I mean, the That's last strange. place in the world you would think of, of having new age, as it was called then, new age music. But you had... That I guess I guess they wanted to kind of diversify, and so that you know Nashville was not only associated. Can with Can you remember who else was on that label? Yeah, uh, well, Larry Carlton was was the other big name. Ed, Edgar Meyer, um, the amazing picking guitarist, uh, his name escapes me. Sorry, but oh, a lot of fantastic musicians who were artists in their own right but wanted to obviously do some do something else to express themselves to do their own music and as i say it was called new age music and the mca had had they wanted to, to release six albums because they were on vinyl um and they were looking for one more act they had five of them already they said one one slot and we just happened to turn up with that demo tape and it and they liked it so there you go Fantastic. Yeah. Time for another track uh, of one of your favourites, and this one's by John Coltrane. Why? Well, when I was um, when I was at college, and I suppose yeah, after after I'd left school, I started to get interested in in jazz, and I I spent a very intense time um, listening to to jazz music. I'd every night I would sit down in front of my hi-fi and for hours and hours and hours listening to jazz it suddenly it really attracted me it was it, it was a of a, a different sort of music to to the rock prog rock and all, all that you know that i'd been listening to and i got very intensely involved and um you know that that's why also in some of the bands i played in were, were kind of jazz bands and this this track john coltrane it's just the most amazing uh, saxophonist, and I particularly like this track because he he did a lot of um, a lot of stuff that was quite kind of out there. But this this in particular is what is um, a beautifully written tune, and the solo he takes on it is just for me is out of this world, absolute pure control and just brilliant. We should hear it. This is John Coltrane from um, Blue Train, and Moments Notice. <laughs> 